Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Oh, God, come on, y'all. Got, we got to get that together now. We got to get that together. We can't be lacking on the love. Amen. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you. Come on now, if, he, if he's just been mediocre good, you give him a mediocre praise. But if he's been great to you and you know he deserves a great praise, come on, give him a great praise today. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Well, before we go any further, I want us to keep a couple of our church families in prayer. Um, family of Brother Bartholomew White. Brother White, who was uh, on our staff here for a season, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, he had been uh, sick for some time um, and um, certainly want to cover his family in believing prayer. As um, soon as we get the homegoing details we'll pass that on and then we want to remember uh, sister betty anthony in prayer sister betty anthony uh, the sister of sister brenda bell uh, went home to be with the lord uh, sister betty was actually a walking miracle she had contracted covid in 2020 and was on a ventilator i think some 35 40 days some like crazy number and they didn't think that uh, she would make it. And she came out of that to give God the glory. But she went home to be with the Lord. And so we certainly want to cover Sister Brenda Bell and the entire Anthony family in our prayer. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. Yeah. Man, we are super excited. Uh, we will be launching in about one month now. We will be launching our fall discipleship series uh, as we continue to help people both locally, nationally, and internationally be rooted and grounded in the Lord. And we want to do this uh, for multiple generations. Everything that we do, uh, we have refocused, retooled, retuned to expressly make disciples of Jesus Christ, to help people who need Jesus know him and to help people who know Jesus grow in him. Got a couple of videos I want to share with you. Um, first, uh, our children's ministry. Man, our children's ministry does a tremendous, tremendous job with our young children. These are children up to 12 years of age, um, right up to the end of their elementary school year. And our volunteers did a tremendous job working this year. They didn't take a break this year. Uh, they just continue to serve, and we're always looking to expand our children's ministry. We want people who love God but have a love and a passion for children. you got to pass a background check. That's just part of our safety protocols, and you have to be trained uh, because we want our children to have the most positive experience with Jesus Christ they can possibly have because that lays the foundation for the rest of their lives. Check out this video regarding our children's ministry.
Come on, let's thank God for our children, man. They do a great job. They do a great job. I, I really would love to have them in the sanctuary more just so we can celebrate them here. But I hate to take them away from the fun that they're having in Jesus' name over there. And so we certainly want to keep in prayer our children's ministry directors, Sister Jaleesa Boykin and uh, Brother Jeremy Williams. They're doing a tremendous job and we're grateful and thankful to the Lord for that. Rooted and grounded is life changing. It's life changing. Uh, it's intended to help you become all that God wants you to be, not just in time, but for eternity. And the testimonies that have come out of uh, the Rooted and Grounded experience already have been just absolutely mind-blowing. I want to share a testimony with one of the young men who grew up in our church. Uh, he came to our church through a bridging event that we had now uh, over 20 years ago for young people. He was a, a teenager at the time. And he came and uh, his family united with our church out of that bridging event and we've watched him grow. Um, and he's had his challenges in life and shares that testimony out of his rooted and grounded experience and battling strongholds in his life. I want you to hear his testimony on today. <laughs> like to start my testimony for Rooted and Grounded with a little bit before uh, probably around 2019. Uh, that was the year that my dad passed away and after he passed away I went through a really deep depression period uh, to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts almost daily for weeks on end. I was very dissatisfied with my job, um, wasn't happy with the progress I had made so far in my life. And when my dad passed away, a lot of those underlying problems just came up to the surface. And then after that, we went through COVID. Um, and then, you know, going through COVID, not knowing what was coming next, what to expect from life anymore, uh, just life being different all of a sudden, that also just kind of began to wear me down along with the passing of my dad. But uh, fast forwarding a little bit further, right before Pastor announced his plans for Rooted and Grounded for our church, I have been praying to God to give me direction just some sort of sign for what I should be doing with my life and how I should be looking to get more involved in the church and more involved in ministry. So uh, I took part of the pilot program 
Then after the pilot program, I took part as a group facilitator in Rooted. And going through those two cycles of Rooted really did help to bring me closer to God in a way that I had never been before. Uh, I grew up here in Good Hope, spent most of my life here in one ministry or another, but it was really difficult for me to kind of find my path and find my way. I also found myself just kind of feeling like I was in the shadow of my parents and all the different ministries that they were a part of here in Good Hope. And I just felt like I really didn't have an identity when it came to my faith and what, was, what, I, what I was passionate about and turning that passion into action. Again, through Rooted, I was able to find that. A major way that I was impacted through Rooted and Grounded was the opportunity to become a group facilitator. That gave me a chance to really hone in on my identity as, as a believer. And also it was a way for me to get confirmation on the gifts and talents that God has given to me. It gave me confidence and hope in my future, not just here at Good Hope and in ministry, but also in my professional career as well. Uh, I'm really thankful and blessed for being called to take part of the Rooted and Grounded experience. And I really encourage everyone to take part of it and, you know, not just sign up and attend the meetings, but actually do the daily devotionals, do the prayers, uh, answer the tough questions, the things that make you feel uncomfortable, the things that you may have never really given serious thought to before. And, you know, Rooted and Grounded is a truly, truly, it is a experience. And if you allow it to, it can help you to become all that God has called you to be. It can help you to find discipline and structure in your faith, as well as give you a group of believers to be connected with, to grow in, to grow in and grow with as you are on your spiritual journey. Yeah, come on, let's thank God for Brother Matt Allen. Man, we thank uh, Matt for his transparency, for his vulnerability. For those of you who are watching via the World Wide Web, whatever platform you're watching on, um, I just want you to know you're not watching, and I hope you're not tuning in expecting me to ask you to make us a big church, or ask me to be a big preacher. Um, we're here to help you be the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. We want to help you walk in victory and not as a victim. And Rooted and Grounded is our discipleship emphasis. We've literally shifted the culture of our church so that we're not making the main thing the main thing. We're making the main thing the only thing. Amen. And this past uh, discipleship season, we had people in seven different states. Um, I would love to see people in seven different countries. So wherever 
you are watching in the world. There's a QR code that's coming up on the screen while I'm talking. And the QR code is a way for you to register to become a part of our Rooted and Grounded group. There are groups that are going on uh, on every day of the week, I believe it is. So you can find various days and various times that you can plug in. And here's the beauty of this. Typically, when we think about discipleship, we put limitations on discipleship that it has to be in person. And I'm not saying in person is not a great thing. But what God has shown us is that you can touch and change lives on the digital platform as well. There are fellowships that I've engaged in since COVID that have been life changing and life saving for me. And some of those people I've never seen in person. That's just been on the digital platform that God has brought about that kind of meaningful fellowship. God is giving us an opportunity to touch the world. And so whether you want to be part of an in-person group or a hybrid group that meets part in person and part online or a completely virtual group. And there are groups that are meeting completely virtual. I want you to register. I want you to get more information. It's a 10 week season and we do three seasons per year. And I want you to register and be a part of Rooted and Grounded. Come on, if you've been blessed by it already, if you've gone through it, make some noise in here on today. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time in his word. Father, we bless you and we thank you for today. I pray now, God, that everything that is done and everything that is said will be pleasing in your sight. We'll bring glory and honor to you. Uh, bring back to my remembrance what you desire to be said and allow great seed to find good soil in our hearts and minds that we might produce great fruit. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. So I called a company looking for a specific household product. I'm, I'm looking for something that will uh, clean your water. Right. I don't know about you. There are times when, for example, uh, you know, you even tap water, you'll smell a lot of chlorine. You smell, you know, a lot of bleach in your water. Right. Or or it may taste kind of funny. And so I said, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I need to get something that's going to clean the water, soften the water. And so we got in touch with the company and they came out. The salesman came out. Very, very nice young man. He came out and, and he's telling me about his product. And he's comparing it to other products. Now, I'm the kind of person I like to comparison shop, right? So I always have a problem when anybody tells me, you've got to buy this right now. If you don't buy this right now, the deal is off the table. Because I'm, I'm like, well, don't waste your time. Just go on off the table with it, right? Because uh, I want to compare prices. I want to compare products. And so I started asking him some questions. And he kept on saying that, you know, see these other products out here. See, see, my product is made of metal. Those other products are products are made of plastic, and and and, and they're made in China. And and then he come back again, and he said, Yeah, my products are, are 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 metal, and they're made in the U.S. And and those other products are made in China. He said made in China so much that I finally said to him, I said, Hey, man, you don't know if I have some Chinese relatives. Why you keep saying that? <laughs> like, why why is made in China got to be a bad phrase when for so many years Everything was made in China. He wanted me to know that his product was made in America. Because there is this movement, there is this kind of nationalism that's taking place 
in our country. It started several years ago as companies were being criticized for manufacturing in other countries where they could get labor much cheaper and raise their profit margin. He, he wanted me to know that his product was made in America. There are some people who take pride in that. They don't want to buy anything unless it's been made in America. There's another sense of pride that people will articulate. It's this idea of self-made, right? You have people who will uh, suggest to you that they are self-made men or self-made women. They pulled themselves up by their bootstrap. They've never had to depend on anybody short of being nursed when they were born. Once they were able, they started working at an age uh, way beyond child labor laws would allow, right? And they, they made it up the rough side of the mountain and they are self-made. But my brothers and sisters, there's a quality that while it may be associated with being made in America and being self-made, there's a quality that neither of those manufacturing processes can create. There's a sense when all of us need to desire to be God-made. And when I say God-made, I'm not talking about creation in terms of God making us. I'm talking about beyond Creation. I'm talking about God making us beyond just our natural birth and making us into a new creation via our spiritual birth. We can look at items and, and read the label and say, oh, this is made in America and, and suggest that there's a quality that's associated with it. But let me ask you a question. If somebody looked at the label of your life, if they followed you around, if they listened to you and the words that came out of your mouth, if they watched how you treat other people, would they be able to say without question, you are God made? Today, I want to begin a little series and this series is entitled Making Space for God's Grace making space for God's grace. You see, I've come to the conclusion that there are many of us who name the name of Christ who really have forgotten the significance and the role that grace is to play in our lives, not only in our salvation, but also in our sanctification. Uh, there's a sense that once we become saved, we, we start thinking that we are more self-made than God-made or spirit-made. Today, I want to begin the series by sharing with you part one of a message, and it's entitled, The Saving Grace of God. The Saving Grace of God. Our text today is Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to share with you a little bit of background as we move into verses 8 and 9 so you'll understand how the Apostle Paul is approaching this passage. Now, uh, the book of Ephesians can be divided into two parts, Ephesians chapter 1 through 3 and Ephesians chapter 4, 5, and 6. Uh, the first part of the book, Paul deals with doctrine. The second part of the book, he deals with duty. The first part of the book, 
he deals with beliefs. But the second part of the book, he shifts from beliefs to behavior. He's sharing principles and precepts in the first part. But when he gets to verse, uh, chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6, he starts challenging us on how we practice this thing called the Christian life. And in particular, in Ephesians chapter 2, um, Paul begins in verse 1 talking about our life without Christ. He wants us to understand that there was a time when we were, in verse 1, you were dead in trespasses and sins. He lets us know that even though we were alive physically, we were dead spiritually and we were far off from God under the power of the prince of the power of the air. We were literally sons of disobedience. We were daughters of disobedience. And God says out of that very, very bad situation that we found ourselves in, God intervened. And so he gets to verse four and he starts talking about in the midst of a life that was dead, but God showed up. That begins verse four. He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. He says, but God, you were in a bad situation. You could not save yourself, but God, rich in mercy. That word mercy literally means compassion. It's not just what God does. It's who God is. And the Bible says that God being rich in mercy reached out to us in our dead situation and then gave us new life in him. We were dead in trespasses and sin. And then we get to our verse today because he moves from talking about being dead to the work of God in terms of mercy to the work of God in terms of his grace. Remember, mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. Grace is when you do get what you don't deserve. That's why it's a blessing when God says he is rich in both mercy and grace. Because there are things that we should get. You know, it's amazing to me how many times when we think about, for example, thanking God, we thank God for what we have typically received, but we don't think about the infinite number of things that God has not allowed to happen that could have happened simply because we are part of this thing called the human race. There are so many times, so many dangers seen and unseen that have passed us by because of the mercy and the grace of God. Somebody in here right now, somebody who's watching, you think you are here today, you are awake this morning because you deserve to be here. And I got news for you, it was the grace of God. As a matter of fact, guess what the psalmist said, guess what the writer uh, Jeremiah says, he says, morning by morning, new mercies, everybody say new mercy. New mercies I received. In other words, you are not here today because of the mercy you received on yesterday. You used up all of yesterday's mercy on yesterday. 
and he's got some new mercies if you open your eyes tomorrow. He says, but I've given you enough mercy for today. When you woke up this morning, you woke up not because of the alarm clock, but because of new mercies. Somebody ought to thank God today for new mercies. So, so here's the good news. If a person wants to be saved or needs to be saved, the verses today tell you how to be saved. And if you are saved, these verses remind you of not just how you were saved, but the verses remind you why you have been saved. Let's go to number one, the saving grace of God. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand. For those of you who are watching, you can download the outline by utilizing our app or going to our website. First and foremost, number one, you need to realize you are saved by the grace of God. You are saved by the grace of God. Ephesians chapter two, beginning at verse eight, the ESV translation says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. What does it mean to be saved? He says, for by grace you have been saved. To be saved, to be delivered, to be preserved, to be made whole. He says, you have been saved. Now, here's one of the things that we do know about being saved. Being saved does not mean you are perfect. Being saved does not mean you will be sinless. Being saved means you are embodied and indwelt by the Holy Spirit and you should be continually learning how to sin less even though you will never be sinless. Did everybody get that? Some of y'all got a confused look on your face. See, see, so many times in life, watch this. The devil will beat you up because you are still a sinner. And sometimes we have this exalted view of ourselves in Christ that Christ doesn't have for us when we are in Christ. So we think all of a sudden, and part of it is because, let's be honest, we walk around pretending like we're holier than thou. And we walk around perpetrating like we don't sin anymore. And so God sometimes has to remind us that while the Holy Ghost will help us to sin less, we are still in this body of sinfulness. And so while we always want to sin less, we will never on earth, as long as we are in this body, be sinless. He says you are saved. You are delivered. You are protected. You are made whole in Jesus Christ. Watch what he says. By grace. By grace. The word grace there uh, refers to the favor and the kindness of God. It is God doing for you what you do not deserve, what you could not earn, and on your best day, what you cannot earn today. It is the grace of God. I'm trying to help somebody because 
I was praying and I was saying, Lord, why are you putting this on my mind? Why are you putting this in my spirit? Because it's such a simple concept. And I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, because there are some folk who have been walking with Jesus so long that they have forgotten about the role that grace has played in their life. The role grace is playing in their life. And listen carefully, the role they need to let grace play in somebody else's life. It's amazing how much grace we need and how little grace we want to give. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you. We, 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 we love to claim the grace of God for ourselves. But let somebody cross us. Let somebody disappoint us. You ain't got to say amen. Just say ouch. Let somebody disappoint you, not do what you told them to do based on your experience and all that you've been through in life. Oh, my God. Let, let somebody go left when you say right and you start talking about I'm done with them. I'm finished. I can't believe you would do that. You disappoint me. You let me. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Where's the grace? Where's the amazing grace that saved you? See, here's the uniqueness of God's grace, God's favor and kindness. In every instance, his favor and kindness is given despite the fact that it is undeserved and unmerited. Listen, y'all, grace stops being grace the moment you deserve it. Grace is no longer grace when you deserve it. Y'all, I'm trying to help somebody in here because the moment you walk around thinking you got, as the old folk would say, the world and the jug and the stopper in your hand. The moment you walk around thinking you have accomplished, you have overcome and you got this thing all under control, you stop needing grace. Because grace only shows up for those who are undeserved and unmerited. God has done a thing unheard of among people. God has given his grace to you. He has given his grace to you despite your cursing him. He has given you grace despite you rejecting him, despite you rebelling against him, despite your hostility toward him, despite your denial of him, despite your neglect of him, despite your half-hearted commitment toward him, despite your worship of religion instead of him, despite your false worship, despite your idolatrous worship, despite your trespasses, despite your sin, God has given you his grace. Lord, maybe I didn't knock on your door. Can I, can, maybe somebody needs to holler out what your sin is. Because some of y'all are too quiet. And maybe it's because you have thought you have been making it on your own. See, see here's what we miss, and I'm going to talk about this in the coming weeks. Grace doesn't only save us, grace sustains us. Yeah, you, you've been saved by grace. But don't make the mistake of thinking grace stopped just because you got saved. You have been, are being, and will be kept by the grace of God. And so watch what the text says. The text says, by grace you have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. 
God has given us grace and has expressed that grace in one of the major ways by giving us an opportunity to be saved by believing in his son, Jesus Christ. That's, that's grace. Now watch this. For those of you who may be watching, for those of you who are under the sound of my voice, grace didn't just show up in Jesus. God's been gracious to you even in your unsaved, unbelieving state. Okay, watch this. Let me see if I can knock on somebody's door. How many of you know before you came to Jesus, you was messed up? Like for real. Like I'm talking about jacked up, messed up, tore up. Your life was a mess. And, and there was no reason for the Lord to even give you an opportunity to know Jesus. But guess what? Every day you made it because of the grace of God. God was gracious to you. And so here is God now, another expression of grace, saying you can be saved by accepting my son, by recognizing that my son died for you. Look at Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. You was already ungodly. Right? You were ungodly, ignorant of his death. And Christ died for you. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.10, let's read it together. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So here's basically what he says. When you were without strength, when you were ungodly, when you were sinners, when you were enemies of God, God still sent his son by his grace. And then he goes on to say, which is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. He says salvation is a gift. Now, y'all, listen, I need y'all to hear me because... There are a whole lot of us who, when we get gifts, are excited, but we don't express that same excitement when we live with the gift. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for a second. So um, my wife and I, we love to watch HGTV, right? And, and one of our uh, favorite shows that we try to catch all the times house hunters we, we love to watch house hunters we love to watch people looking for houses and things like that and there was a couple on and they they got this property uh waterfront property uh waterfront property in i believe it was antigua right beautiful blue water and man, sunrises sunsets and it's their retirement home and it's their dream home and Man, they negotiate this price and they get this house. And then at the end of the show, a lady made a statement that I thought was interesting. She said, every morning we wake up 
and pinch ourselves because we can't believe we live here. Every morning we wake up and pinch ourselves because we can't believe that we leave, live here. And I was thinking, what do we get up every morning pinching ourselves in disbelief that we still have. You were excited when you got that new car. Even when the car was new to you. And it wasn't brand new, but it was new to you. Oh man, you got in that whip, you was driving. Oh, you want to show everybody your car. Want to let everybody know, everybody know you got a car, right? You get that new dress, that new suit, you get them new kicks. Oh my God, you get that new house. You want everybody to know. And when you got that new house, for example, man, you get mad if anybody even left anything that was dirty. And it, what? Uh-uh, watch that. Hey, watch that wall. Uh-uh, no, 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 take nothing in that. No, you can't eat in there. You can't eat in there. Uh-uh, come on in here. Come on in here. You might spill something on the floor, right? Come on, come on. You was just ignorant and indignant when folk, Right? Now you in the living room laying up feet on the furniture, food everywhere. You man, move the chair, you finding stuff like you on an archaeological expedition, right? Man, when you had that new car, man, folk couldn't do nothing in that car. Man, no, uh-uh, you can't eat in the car. Wait till you get home. Now, man, you finding french fries down in the seat and everything. Because whatever we get, we appreciate when it's new. But every day that is with us, it becomes more and more familiar and less and less appreciated. What about your salvation? See, like that woman, every morning when you get up, you ought to be thanking God that God let you see a new morning. And you ought to be thanking God for salvation every day. Because there's nothing that you could do to get it. There's nothing that you can do to keep it. You saved by the grace of God. And when you wake up in the morning, still saved by the grace of God. Despite the fact that you may cuss less. Despite the fact that you rebel less. <laughs> despite the fact that you sin less. You're still saved. <clears throat> Look at Romans 3, 23 to 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7. Let's read it together. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to what? According to the riches of his grace. Salvation is a free gift from God. And if you leave here today doing nothing else, and I'm done, I want you to leave here today thanking God for your salvation. And I want you to leave here committing yourself every day to thanking God that I'm still saved 
and kept by his blood. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise in here today. Father, we bless you and we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I pray now that everything that we do and say as a result of your word will be pleasing in your sight. We give you glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I want to sing this little song. Uh, Elder put me in the key of Z. Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why Christ came to love me so. He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs. Anybody, can you identify with that? Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond all of my faults and saw my need and I shall forever eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous the grace that caught my fallen soul he looked beyond <laughs> all of my faults and saw my needs somebody who's watching right now somebody who's hearing the sound of my voice the grace of God is available for you one of the things that I've learned that the enemy will do is take your eyes off of what God has given you and make you believe you've got to get it all yourself and I want you to know today, wherever you are, wherever you're watching, that the grace of God is available for you. I remember a gentleman who said to me, he said, Pastor, God can't save me. I can't be saved. And I said, why do you believe that? He said, because you don't know what I've done. He said, you don't know the heinous things that I've done in my life. He has lived his life. He was an older man. He was in a retirement home. 
and he lived in the misery of believing that his sins were unforgivable and his life was unredeemable and there's somebody who's watching right now somebody who's under the sound of my voice I don't know why the Holy Spirit would even bring back to my remembrance that man but I want you to know that it does not matter what you have done it does not matter where you are the wonderful thing about God is that God's love can reach you from the uttermost to the guttermost from the highest mountain to the lowest valley have I got a witness here from anybody that was down in the valley? Folk don't even know how far down in the valley you were. But anybody in here, can you testify that God's love found you down in the valley? Matter of fact, if folk knew your story, they wouldn't believe that you came from where you came from. But it's by the grace of God. And that grace is available for you right now. For those of you who are watching, you can connect with the grace-loving God that I'm talking about. If you go online right now, pull out your phone, scan the QR code. That's a hot link. If you want to know how to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can choose that on the menu. If you want to know how to become part of our church family, you can choose that from the menu if you're not sure of your salvation you want to make sure that you're saved the Bible says you should know that these things have been written that you might know you have eternal life and for those of you who are here under the sound of my voice if you are here right now and you've never asked God into your life or maybe you have and you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be listen I want you all to know we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination we are an imperfect people serving a perfect God trying to get to where God wants us to be ultimately wanting to hear him say well done good and faithful servant but this whole journey is bathed in this whole journey is covered in the grace of God wherever you are right now everybody who can and everyone who will if you can stand where you are don't let the enemy cause you to not forgive yourself and in not forgiving yourself miss out on the forgiveness that God has for you see even forgiveness is not deserved forgiveness is an act of grace do, do you realize forgiveness is an act of grace grace it, it, forgiveness is so divine that many times you even have to pray for the power to really forgive somebody because it's only given through divine power as we sing the song of invitation Come on and come, come where you are, come just as you are, and the grace of God will meet you where you are and help you move to where God wants you to be. Come on, we offer Christ. Offer Christ, oh my brother, we. My sister, give 
give you brand new life Oh, come Come on To Christ Come on, let's say it again We offer Christ